Welcome. You are listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. I'm Ernesto Sambrano. Today's article is by Oliver Franklin Wallace from the December 2021 edition of GQ. The Center of the Web, Part 1. Please note, this is a men's magazine, and as such, may include offensive topics or language. As a young actor... Holland obsessed about his height. He's five feet eight, although his physicality is such that you don't really notice, going so far as to wear lifts in his shoes. I'd do this thing on red carpets where I would stand closer to the photographers than the people behind me, to look taller, he says. He has since learned to focus on what he can control. I cannot do anything about my height, he says. I can put on more muscle. For his debut as Spider-Man in 2016's Captain America Civil War, the costume department put him in a muscle suit. Over six movies, the suit has gotten smaller and smaller. Now I just have a penis cup, he says. Holland may only be 25, but lately he's started to feel the toll of years spent flipping and swinging around on wires. I was going to the gym in the morning like, oh my god, I must have torn something in my leg. And the guys were like, you haven't. You're just tired and you're getting older. His intense schedule meant he only had three days between finishing Uncharted in Berlin and starting work on No Way Home in Atlanta. I never realized how lucky I am that Spider-Man wears a mask, because when he's bouncing around and flying from buildings, that's all CG. In Uncharted, it's just me in a Henley and cargo pants, he says. By the time shooting wrapped, he had developed tendonitis and hurt all over. That film absolutely broke me. There are times when, because of Holland's exuberance, or perhaps his naivete, he takes on more than he should. While filming the last two adventures, he would spend three days on set in Atlanta, then get on a plane to London and do two days on the set of the current war, only to fly back to Atlanta again. I remember for a large portion of the film, Benedict, Cumberbatch, his co-star in all three movies, had a double in Avengers while he was shooting in London, he says. I didn't know that was a thing. While filming Cherry, he nearly lost a quarter of his body weight, adopting a crash diet and running 10 miles a day in a trash bag. My energy levels were so low, Holland says. After years of being the Duracell bunny, Holland was burned out. Looking back, Holland now realizes he was probably burned out for a long time. He recalls the press tour for Spider-Man Homecoming, for which he traveled to 17 countries, doing junkets and pumping out backflips on request. By the last step of the tour in China, I was really ill, he says, but I didn't say no. I was like, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. I'm not going to be sick note. Then one day, in a press conference, his body said no for him. He walked off the stage and threw up everywhere. I was under a lot of pressure to finish the day's work. That was the first time I was really like, no, I'm done now, I've given you everything. Here's Tom Holland's nightmare. It started a few years ago, when he was just beginning to find fame, and now it happens pretty regularly, especially when he's working which is to say all the time. You see, among Holland's nighttime afflictions is sleep paralysis, a kind of disconnection between your brain and your musculoskeletal system that can happen in the moment of waking. You're awake, but you can't move, Holland says. In the nightmare, Holland wakes up with sleep paralysis. Only then he realizes that he's not alone, that his bedroom is filled with paparazzi. They're looming over him, bulbs popping, and Holland's just stuck there, frozen, panicking. They're all there. And I'm looking for my publicist, like, where's the person who's supposed to be protecting me? What's going on? And then when I'm able to move again, I turn the lights on, and it's over, Holland says. And I think, oh my god, I'm in my room. 
I'm fine. There's no one here. But then I will get up and look for a recording device or something that someone has put in my room. Hence, cognitive dreaming. But the funny thing about fame is that just as you start to find your dreams coming true, so too can nightmares. And so it was this summer when pictures emerged in the tabloid press of Holland and Zendaya in a car in L.A. kissing. It's a small thing, a kiss. And ordinarily, two twenty-somethings in a relationship embracing in a stoplight would remain what it is, a moment of intimacy between two people. Only in this case, that kiss was instantly beamed around the world to be dissected in reaction videos, relationship timelines, and entertainment tonight. Page 6. Zendaya, Tom Holland, finally confirmed their dating with steamy car makeout, as if they had any choice. Holland's private life had been in the press before, but this was different. Holland's and Zendaya's fans had long obsessed over whether the pair were together. Tom Holland and Zendaya flirting for eight minutes straight, one and a half million views. Some argued it must be a publicity stunt. One of the downsides of our fame is that privacy isn't really in our control anymore. And the moment that you think is between two people that love each other very much is now a moment that is shared with the entire world, Holland says. He has said very little publicly about the relationship, and you sense it's something he's still navigating, trying to work out how much to give. I've always been really adamant to keep my private life private, because I share so much of my life with the world anyway, he says. We sort of felt robbed of our privacy. You weren't ready to talk about it. I don't think it's about not being ready. It's just that we didn't want to. Holland knows that he'll soon be on a global press tour, facing endless questions about it. It's not a conversation that I can have without her, he says. You know, I respect her too much to say. This isn't my story, it's our story, and we'll talk about what it is when we're ready to talk about it together. It was quite strange and weird and confusing and invasive, Zendaya tells me later by phone. The equal sentiment we both share is that just when you really love and care about somebody... Some moments are things you wish were your own. I think loving someone is a sacred thing and a special thing and something that you want to deal with and go through and experience and enjoy amongst the two people that love each other. There are little things Holland is still hung up on, like how did the photographer get in front of them? Over the past few years, as his private bubble has gotten smaller, he's become more protective of it. There's a reason he doesn't go out, why he keeps the same staff from job to job why he spends his free time on private golf courses, although he also just loves golf. Because here is something Tom Holland has learned. The more that you say yes to everything, the more of you they will take, and take, until there is nothing left just for you. People mistake my kindness as weakness, he says. Sometimes I see people trying to take advantage of me because I'm a nice person. Let me tell you, when you're a 19-year-old kid, they really do take advantage of you. You don't know any better. Now I look back and go, wow. I wish someone had told me that I could say no. Halfway through the making of No Way Home, Holland did something he almost never does. He refused. No Way Home, the climax of Holland's Spider-Man trilogy, picks up immediately after 2019's Far From Home, with Peter Parker being unmasked as Spider-Man and falsely accused of the murder of Mysterio. Oddly, Parker and Zendaya's MJ spend the opening scene being chased through New York by the press. It's art imitating life, except I can't swing away in real life. Holland says. Unable to handle the fallout, Parker asks Doctor Strange to intervene, accidentally causing a cataclysm of multiverse-breaking proportions. Somehow, I haven't seen the movie. That cataclysm prompts the return of familiar adversaries from Sony's previous Spider-Man iterations, including Alfred Molina's Doctor Octopus, 
And, if rumors are to be believed, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin and Jamie Foxx's Electro. When they first came up with the concept of what they wanted to try and do, it was the impossible concept, Holland says, but they pulled it off. Ever since news of those castings appeared, the internet has obsessed over whether or not Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are also returning. No one believes me, but they're not in the film, Holland says. If this is a lie, and it might well be, then don't hate him. That's work too. And really, isn't it better not knowing? The production of No Way Home sounds like total chaos. As the first day of filming approached, several key actors hadn't signed on yet. Some people were trying to figure out whether they wanted to do it, and we needed all of them or none, Holland says. The movie was reportedly going to be released after the upcoming Doctor Strange sequel, but when that film was delayed by COVID, it was decided that No Way Home would go first, requiring changes to the plot. Even once filming was underway, the script was being rewritten on an almost daily basis. You could ask the director, what happens in Act 3? And his response would be, I'm still trying to figure it out, Holland says. Anyway, the day finally came to shoot the big finale, the crescendo scene. Like, is this really fucking happening? It's crazy. Only, it wasn't working. I kept stopping and being like, I'm so sorry, I just don't believe what I'm saying. The director, John Watts, took him aside, and Holland told him, it wasn't me. The scene was wrong. We sat down, we went through it, and we came up with a new idea, Holland says. Then we pitched it to the writers, they rewrote it, and it works great. It's a story about standing up for yourself, and about how Holland has grown. As a kid, a lot of my confidence was really fake, he says, but really, inside I was, oh my god, I'm fucking terrified. Russo, if he was faking his confidence, he is a hell of an actor. Because here's the thing, that story about nerves being the same as excitement, it's true, but if you don't let your real feelings out, they tend to show up in other places, like your dreams. Holland doesn't have to fake it anymore. Don't get him wrong, he still wants you to like him. He just doesn't want to have to give you everything to do it. I actually learned this from Elizabeth Olsen, he says. She gave me an amazing piece of advice. No is a full sentence. No is enough. Holland has spent six years as Spider-Man. If he chooses to, he could easily do another 20. He is still two decades younger than Robert Downey Jr. was in Iron Man. I've talked to him about doing, like, a hundred more, Pascal tells me. I'm never going to make Spider-Man movies without him. Are you kidding me? Holland, however, isn't so sure. Maybe it is time for me to move on. Maybe what's best for Spider-Man is that they do a Miles Morales film. I have to take Peter Parker into account as well, because he is an important part of my life, he says. But also, if I'm playing Spider-Man after I'm 30, I've done something wrong. He has other ambitions. He talks about being James Bond a lot says Jacob Batalon, his Spider-Man co-star, a lot, a lot. He's been writing a script with his brother, Harry, and is currently gearing up to shoot The Crowded Room, an Apple TV Plus drama about dissociative identity disorder. Pascal told me that she wants Holland to play Fred Astaire in a forthcoming movie, which might be a rare perfect casting. But after that, Holland doesn't know. If he could, he'd spend six months backpacking around Europe. He'd go clubbing, get sloppy drunk, He'd go to Glastonbury, stand in the middle of the crowd, feel again what it's like to just be one person in a mass of joyful bodies. He would, in other words, be a guy in his 20s, exploring what it feels like to be alive. I just can't do that, he says. He's certain of something. I definitely don't think I want to be an actor for the rest of my life. Before Hollywood, Holland briefly trained as a carpenter, a craft he still loves. I've always been really good with my hands, 
if something's broken, I can always figure out a way of fixing it. He has a romantic idea of buying apartment buildings and renting them out cheaper than they need to be, because I don't need the money. Lately, Holland has had another dream. It's a variation on a common theme. He'd met a woman, got her pregnant. Once, he'd have found it terrifying. You don't know what you're going to do. How am I going to tell my mum and dad? But this time, he wasn't nervous at all. After, I thought, I kind of miss my little girl now. Holland has always wanted to be a father. I'd be very content with just being a stay-at-home dad and producing a film here and there, he says. That's not to say that will happen right now. I might start shooting the crowded room and go, you know what, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Or I might do Spider-Man 4, 5, and 6, finish when I'm 32, and never make another. I'm not sure what I want to do. That's the point. He's in control. Now as I'm getting a little bit older, I'm like, it's good to have things to work for. Just don't give 100% of your energy towards it, Holland says. I'm trying to live my life a little bit more freely. That brings us to the end of today's article, The Center of the Web, Part 2. If you want to learn more about Airs LA and the types of programs we offer, follow us by clicking on any of the social media links at the top of our web pages. If you like what you see or hear, please click the like button. This podcast is for the sole use of our blind, low vision, and print-impaired listeners. Any unauthorized use is prohibited. I'm Ernesto Sambrano, and I'll be back soon with another article. Thanks for listening.